Hi, I'm Nicole Satimi, a manual osteopath and massage therapist here on the One Body Wellness Podcast, where I throw condensed doses of health info at you. As well, I share the mic with humans experiencing their own health concerns and trauma and the impact it has on the human spirit to show us just how resilient we truly are, reminding you to inhale, exhale, and find peace in your one body wherever you are. Hi, and welcome to the fifth episode of the One Body Wellness Podcast. My name is Nicole Satimi, and today I'm using this episode to discuss how grief manifests in our body, but also how our energetic body is affected by grief. I want to start off the episode by asking you to do to take a big deep breath in through your nose, hold for two seconds and then let it all go, relaxing your shoulders and relaxing your jaw. So when we talk about the energetic body, we um, have to kind of understand a little bit about what energy is. Energy is our life force that is unseen, unheard, and untouched. It is the vitality and the spark within us that allows us to function on a physical level, but also process on an intuitive level. Our energy is affected by what we think, feel, hear, eat, and do, but it is also affected by others because you can imagine like when you go into a room full of people or even one person, you know right away what the tone of the energy is in that room. Most of us can feel energy without knowing what it really is. We can get a sense of heaviness or lightness from someone. We can understand mood without having to verbalize it. Energy is all around us. And when we talk about energetic disturbances, um, we talk mainly about two types of energetic disturbances. Congestion, which is an accumulation of energy that doesn't serve us well. And depletion is a deficiency of energy, as you can imagine. These disturbances can be specific to a certain area of the body or on a systemic level. So when they accumulate or go unnoticed, they can negatively start to impact the body in a physical way. Negative emotions or energy do not cause a problem themselves, but it is our resistance to feeling these emotions where physical manifestation begins. So basically, the more you resist your emotions and processing through them, that is where we start to see physical changes in our body. So it is not so much our experiences, but our thoughts about our experiences that cause suffering. What happens to our body when we avoid working through difficult emotions like grief? Well, our muscles get tight and resist our nervous system responses to relax. We start to develop musculoskeletal weakness and possibly injury. We become dehydrated, lose our appetite, feel nauseous. We start to create new realities that take energy and stamina that also create fatigue. Our sleep starts to become affected and we become more susceptible to anxiety, depression, and even suicidal thought. The term he died of a broken heart isn't just a saying. Grief can have major physiological effects on the human body and can actually leave us more susceptible to cardiovascular disease. Grief affects us psychologically, but the physical impacts are just as severe. 
The physical manifestations of grief are still being discovered and investigated by researchers, but we have a good sense of how it affects the mind. Um, there are studies now showing that grief can have inflammatory effects on the body. This means when we experience grief, we are more vulnerable to viral and bacterial infection. Grief causes stress and the release of cortisol, which can increase blood pressure and put us at risk for blood clots. From an osteopathic perspective, it is no surprise that we are currently experiencing a pandemic that is centered around and weakens our lungs and blood vessels. This is exactly where grief lies. When we lose someone we love, our body reacts. We become numb or experience intense emotions of sadness, anger, anxiety, or guilt. But we know that grief isn't only due to the loss of someone we love. We can grieve the loss of um, the way our body used to feel before trauma. We can grieve environmental destruction, the destruction of um, our, our environment and our natural resources. We can grieve the loss of items during a house fire or theft. So when we grieve, we are unable to focus on life's daily tasks and we live in a fragile state for a number of days or weeks. And in the early stages of grief, we have an increased heart rate, higher blood pressure, and it's a period of time where we are more susceptible to experiencing a heart attack. So definitely a reminder to be very gentle with ourselves in the early stages of grief. Our chances of illness after the loss of a close loved one increases. Um, so over time, if our grief is managed through various ways, most people are unable or are able to stabilize on their own timeline to function under the circumstances. But 10%, around 10% of people are unable to move forward and end up experiencing complicated grief where they stay completely preoccupied with the loss that they experienced and remain socially withdrawn. Grief sends a cascade of... Uh, stress hormones to the brain, immune system, and the cardiovascular system, impacting them all simultaneously. Because of the disparities in research around grief, normally biology and psychology don't often interact or overlap, there aren't many scientists studying both. So Mary Frances O'Connor, a psychologist who researches grief at the University of Arizona, studies both the psychology of grief and its biological changes in her laboratory and is one of the few researchers who straddles both fields. Nevertheless, researchers have found enough people to take surveys and get blood tests and scans to note that some patients, um, they're able to actually um, develop a study on. So we understand that uh, the physical manifestations are not just in our head. Um, Psychologists at Rice University have found links between grief, depression, and changes to the immune system and cardiovascular systems. In one study published in 2019, psychological assessments were performed on 99 bereaved people about three months after the death of their spouses, and then took blood samples. Those who experienced higher levels of grief and depression also had higher levels of the immune system's markers for inflammation. So grief is being... Um, sort of associated with inflammation. 
In 2020, another study was published. Um, people who scored higher on psychological measures of grief also had higher levels of certain stress hormones like cortisol and epinephrine. Over time, chronic stress can increase the risk of cardiovascular conditions as well, such as diabetes, cancer, autoimmune conditions, and depression and anxiety. So the study was pretty conclusive when it came to studying people who, in a recent study, who are grieving. And again, it showed that in the initial months after the loss of a spouse or close loved one, those who are widowed or alone were at risk for cardiovascular problems and premature mortality. So in the general population, depression is characterized by chronic low-grade inflammation. And this is what we're seeing in people with chronic grief or uh, who have experienced grief. So it really is, um, grief is something that clinically we need to to understand. And so from an osteopathic perspective, especially during a COVID-19 pandemic where we're seeing an unprecedented amount of a number of people die from a COVID-19 virus, it is absolutely urgent. Um, and we need to gather tools to help us process and move through grief. A list of suggested ways I would recommend um, to be able to handle grief uh, as well as trauma therapy and loss counseling could include um, being outside, being outside, being in nature and getting exposure to vitamin D is essential. It helps us breathe easier. Another point of advice I would ask um, or I would I would probably make sleep main priority. So do doing everything in your power to get a good night's sleep instead of trying to avoid the negative thoughts, um, like let the negative thoughts live in your body, let them be there, but add in more positives. So for example, getting vegetables or fruits in your diet or high nutrient dense foods, um, rather than restricting yourself from enjoying the uh, pleasures of carbs and sugar, just fill up on your veggies and fruits. And then, you know, um, like that's sort of a simple way to add more positives instead of stripping your life of whatever quote unquote, the negatives might be read about grief to connect with parts of yourself that are hard to express with words. Also journaling is very helpful during times of high grief, being around others who don't minimize your process and who fully support it might be hard physically, but we can at least connect with people online through Zoom calls, through Instagram. Be gentle with yourself. There is no timeline on grief and waves can come years later. Ride the wave, move through what you're feeling and let it empower you and help others. Again, deep breathing. Box breathing is very helpful. Box breathing has been shown to decrease symptoms of PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder in military personnel. Inhale for four counts, hold for four counts, exhale for four counts, and hold again for four counts before you start to inhale again. So it's called box breathing. And again, seek out a therapist that works specifically with grief, trauma, and loss. If you want more grief resources, please message me, Nicole, at onebodywellness.ca. You can find me on Instagram at one.body.wellness. And I'm always happy to continue chatting about grief and the way that it manifests physically in our bodies. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in to the One Body Wellness Podcast. If you have a specific health concern you'd like me to address or you want to be a guest on my show, email me 
at nicole at onebodywellness.ca. Once again, I'm reminding you to inhale, exhale, and find peace in your one body wherever you are.